Is that the intro music? <laughs> oh, you just wait. It's pretty awesome. I should, I should have... How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find it all over the internet. You can find it at Apple Podcasts on the TuneIn Radio app, Spotify, the Google Play Store, rockandvino.com, all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Rock and Vino. Like and subscribe, get a new episode every Tuesday, then you don't have to track it down. Makes it easier. So easy. And it's fun. And we have a guy here, one of the top chefs in Northern California, who is spending uh, a big milestone, big milestone day for him here with us. Very yes. cool, Chef Josh Silvers. Thanks well, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Totally. I feel like I should have brought my harmonicas. <laughs> you should have. And a bottle of wine. I'm, I feel like a bad guest. All we of do a need sudden. to celebrate. It's a big yeah. thing that you're celebrating. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually celebrating 20 years as a chef owner of a restaurant. I opened uh, my first restaurant 20 years ago. March 5th today and it uh it's pretty exciting. I mean that's a the restaurant business has an 80% mortality rate oh, wow. Wow. in the first 1 to 2 years and uh that restaurant I actually sold a few years ago because I opened another one uh Jackson's Bar and Oven mm-hmm. and it was doing so well and um it I, I work a whole lot less now so that's always nice. <laughs> now yeah, I get to raise my kid, who we named the restaurant after. Yeah, for a while there, you had two properties sort of kitty cornering each other and running back and forth between the two. That that had to be fun. Yeah, you know, it was fun owning two for a while, but uh, honestly, the first five years of my son's life, I kind of missed. And mm-hmm. now, every almost every night, I get to put him to bed. Uh, he's 14. He doesn't need to be put to bed. And my wife tells me that frequently. He can go to bed by himself. And I, and I just say, you know what? I'm going to do it as long as he lets me. Mm-hmm. And and finally enough, I read to him. Um, he's not a huge fan of reading himself. But I love reading, and I want, I want him to understand the magic of reading. And then the other thing that's uh, relevant to this podcast, um, we play a couple of songs, and I call it the song of the night. Mm. Um, and it's it's my music because I want him to understand what good music's about, <laughs> not not most of the stuff he listens smart. to. Very so. Smart, very <laughs> smart. He listens to a lot of blues and rock and eighties and. What are your some of your like go to tunes for him? Um, well, our big go to tune is uh, "Little Red Rooster" by the Rolling Stones. Oh, fun! Um, nice. I used to sing that to him in the shower. And for my birthday uh, last year, or no, for Christmas, he painted me a picture of a little red rooster and wrote Little Red Rooster on it. Oh, that's adorable. Um, But we play everything from like Johnny Cash to uh, the Ramones to lots of Rolling Stones, lots of Beatles, Mm -hmm. lots of John Lee Hooker. Very cool. um, Bonnie Raitt. Do you ever take him to shows? Um, Yeah, you know, we took him to... New Orleans Jazz Fest Ooh. a couple years wow. back and spent most of the time in the blues tent. Uh-huh. Um, I went with a good friend of ours uh, and th- there was like five of us who went, my wife and, and our friends. And we just had a, a, an amazing time. And every morning <clears throat> we would start off with a little bit of cereal that Sue would make 
not very much, just to get some grains in us, and we'd go there. <laughs> and then we would hit, the first tent we would hit would be oysters and beer. Wow. And that would be the real breakfast. <laughs> and, and he would have oysters and Coke, you know, and uh-huh. I'm like, my little man rules. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> they, he actually got a picture in the uh, Picking You Times of him dancing the second line for Alan Trousseau's funeral. Oh, wow. wow. That's yeah. awesome. I no. think uh, the Stones are playing the, that Jazz Fest this year. They are. Right. Yeah. You know, I almost went this year. My wife uh, was going to get us tickets, and I'd never seen the Stones. And she had tickets, like, years ago, and she didn't. She never told me, and it's, like, always been this thing. And she's like, well, we can go. And, like, the cheap, cheap tickets are 500 bucks. Yeah. And, honestly, i just rather, like, have that memory of the – not at 75 i'm sorry <laughs> true true just, it's true you know yeah. like i saw the who like i don't know now it's probably been like seven years ago or something and it's just it's not what I, you envision in your head i saw them a couple years back and they actually threw down though i mean but i agree it's not they were good but yeah not like what they were no i, I went and saw them at the um pete townsend wasn't throwing some guitars all over the stage <laughs> right they're, they're, they're definitely the older yeah yeah and i'm older so it works a little bit but at the same time i'm not in my 70s i'm gonna i'm gonna be uh 55 in a couple of days but mm-hmm. i'm not in the 75 you know and <laughs> yeah. so i'm like ah, i'll just listen to it on the radio now you yeah. yourself have a little bit of a blues musician in you as well with the harmonica player i think it yeah, is. yeah 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 nice. i'm a, a a wannabe i like to say harmonica player <laughs> um i i haven't been practicing lately but i do try um i had a teacher named catfish jack that's right um who's pretty awesome i mean if you're gonna learn from harmonica from somebody if he's named Catfish Jack, <laughs> you're doing all right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Now, back uh, 20 years ago today, uh, what? Where did you kind of learn your craft as a chef? At that, and at what point did you say, "Hey, I want this is something I want to do. I'm I'm going to make a restaurant or start a restaurant." Well, I was actually incredibly lucky and unique in a lot of ways. Um, you know, over the years, I've employed hundreds of people and and all these people come in and they're in college and they have no idea what they want to do with their lives and my father was a chef and then he became a a kitchen designer Hmm. later on Um, but it wasn't something that I always thought oh that's what I want to do it was always that's what I assumed I'm gonna do Hmm. and um, through some fault of my own and um, the schooling system. I left school in the middle of the eighth grade and my mom said, you know, you you got a month to figure it out or you're out of here. And so the next day I was washing dishes in a restaurant and the chef was amazing and he taught me all kinds of stuff. And then I I, uh, left that restaurant. Um, They got a new chef and we didn't really get along. And I became a busboy, and and then I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of a street punk. Uh, I wasn't the best kid, and my my uh, mother called up my dad. They had been divorced for many many years, and and she said, "You got to do something with this kid because he's 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 horrible." <laughs> and, and he called uh, this chef named Barry Marsalak, who was the chef at the City Hotel up in Columbia, California, and the restaurant was one of the most amazing restaurants ever. Um, It's up near Sonora, California, in this uh, historic town that they've made a lot of movies in. It's Mm. um, 
it's an actual state historic park. Um, so it's like being in cowboy times. That's awesome. Yeah, and the restaurant itself was all cart service at the time. Like if you ordered a duck, we would cook a duck from raw, which was unusual back then. And then it would go out on a cart, they would flambe it, make the sauce in the pan, and then carve it table side, mm. and then serve it. So, you know, racks of lamb carved table side, like all this stuff that you just don't see anymore. And it was so, I just got this great grounded in, in French technique um, experience. Um, Cause my dad called Barry, who was the chef and said, can you take my son? And he said, okay. And then I didn't really take it super serious. And Barry called my dad and they sat me down and they said, hey, you know, this, I don't know, buddy, this is your one chance. Uh, I'm gonna give you one pass, but after this, you really gotta, you know, if you want this job, because he had people with PhDs wanting to wash dishes for him. Wow. This was, uh, I started there in 79, so this was probably, yeah, still in 79. And I actually had to lie and say I was 18. <laughs> and, and how old were you, 14? Seven, no, I was 17. Oh, 17. I, I was oh, almost okay. 18, I was okay. close. But he, uh, they sat me down and I realized this is really what I wanted. And so I really went the old school training I was working as the dishwasher, and so the next station up was the pantry, mm. and the day pantry. So I would go work the day pantry for free, and went, you know, and show chef that that's you know I was ready for it. When that position became available, I got that one, and then I just did that all the way up to sous chef, um, and so that's really how I trained. And the city hotel was unique that it was partnered with Columbia Junior College, mm. so we would get their second year students in. Um, and we would teach them. So I took a lot of classes there. I got a GED and I took management classes. I didn't go through the entire program because part of my job was teaching the second year students. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna pay to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not gonna be any fun. And so, and then I, I was uh, very lucky to work for Cindy Paulson at Mustard's mm. Grill. Oh yeah. And, and those two really just kind of formed the basis of you know, one was kind of classic French and then the other is California grill. And so my style slowly developed like is a combination of the two. And what would you say that your style is? Um, I would say just updated classics, mm -hmm. you know, classics with a twist. Mm -hmm. I, I love classic stuff, um, but I like to modernize it a little. Yeah. And so your first restaurant was Syrah, is that correct? Yes. And so, of course, that's a wine name. So, how, But how did you come up with that name and what kind of was the whole thought process behind that? So that was, um, I, I wanted to live in wine country. Mm -hmm. um, and I had been, uh, my wife and I were living in Emeryville. Mm -hmm. And I was working at this restaurant and the owner, um, <clears throat> uh, I took the job because he said he would teach me the ownership side. And he, uh, he was, he, he had a little bit of an alcohol problem. Mm. He, he would pour wine in a coffee cup and shoot it. Oh, dang. <laughs> so it was a little dangerous. And, and then he was gonna open a new restaurant with a full bar and he wanted me to go in with sweat equity. And, <laughs> and my wife read the contract and uh, she was working as a legal assistant. She said, no, yeah. <laughs> uh -uh. absolutely not. We can open our own restaurant. I said, well, I don't have any money. And she said, I'll find you money, you find a space. Oh, wow. And okay. I was like, uh, are you sure? And she said, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And I was like, all right. And uh, my uncle owns Oliver's Market. 
Okay. Up here, which is, uh, for people who don't know, it's a, a local market that has lots of organics, but you can also buy Lucky Charms. Yeah, um, it's one of my favorite. It, actually, it is my favorite market to it, shop at. It really is my favorite, not yeah. even that just that my uncle owns it, but yeah. that's where I would shop anyway. And so we've always come up here for Christmas and, uh, and whatnot. And so I knew I wanted to be in wine country. And we were looking from Sonoma to Healdsburg. Mm. And there's uh, where I opened Syrah, it's called the Studio 205 building. Mm -hmm. And it used to be uh, a Nash Rambler dealership. And it was such a cool building and it had everything I wanted. It had this juxtaposition of warehouse, but elegant mm -hmm. at the same time. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted a restaurant that people could feel comfortable in that it was gonna be upscale cuisine, but not fussy. Yeah. <laughs> and that building really set the tone for what it was. And the name, I loved Syrah. My wife and I both felt the varietal kind of was like us. It, it could be elegant, you could dress it up, but it's a little rough around the edge. <laughs> um, and it was unique. A lot of people didn't know about it 20 years ago yep. so much. And I really, truly believe there's a symbiotic relationship between food and wine. Mm -hmm. And I want it, the name Syrah because of that, mm -hmm. you know, to show that it was that that relationship. Nice. How have you seen restaurants change in 20 years? I, it almost seems like you were ahead of the curve in that, that people are getting more away from the seven-course crazy over-the-top meals and want kind of the, the comfort food that they know and just, um, you know, g good, simple stuff that, that tastes good. <laughs> um, yeah. For me, it was, uh, we had a kid, um, and, and that changes you in a myriad of, of ways. Um, we had 9-11, mm -hmm. which uh, changed the business landscape completely. I mean, we went from 70 to 80 covers on a Thursday night to seven or eight. Wow. Overnight for Dang. months. And it wasn't just us. I mean, yeah. all the restaurants in, in the area went through that. Um, and then we went through uh, the housing crisis mm -hmm. in 08. Mm -hmm. And we went, you know, people weren't interested in 30 and $40 entrees. Um, so I converted the restaurant to Petite Syrah. Mm -hmm. And then I made it into Three Squares Cafe doing like a more casual thing. And then I realized I was working my butt off. <laughs> I wasn't seeing my kid. And I was struggling there and I was making money hand over fist at Jackson's. Mm -hmm. um, well, not really. In the restaurant business, you're never making money hand <laughs> over fist. But it comparatively. Was a, it's the hot spot, though, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And it still is. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and we've been incredibly fortunate. Um, and to me, the whole idea behind uh, Jackson's was um, the space became available and it used to be a restaurant in town called The Mix. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a block away from us. And a, a guy in the law firm my wife worked at uh, said to her, you know, you shouldn't open a restaurant next to the mix. He's going to bury you. He's going to put you out of business in hmm. like six months. You're going to be gone because he's the best chef around and you're going to be screwed if you open it. And she was a little sore over that. Uh, so that space always had a little meaning to us. And then... Mm -hmm. When he sold it and then the owner um, went bankrupt and then passed away, 
the bank tried to get us to take it, and we were like, no, <laughs> this place needs way too much money invested. Uh-huh. And then uh, one of the local real estate guys bought it, and he came to us and said, what do you think? And I said, I can't afford it. And then he came back with another deal and said, well, what do you think about this? And I said, no, you're close, <laughs> but I, I, I just can't do it. And then he took a third of the restaurant out and converted it into something else and said, well, how about now? Yeah. And I said, I can make those numbers work. Uh-huh. And so uh, originally I wanted to do a steakhouse. Mm. Um, there, this is pre-Stark Steakhouse. And I didn't think the county had a great steakhouse. And going back to that classic mm-hmm. that I love, I love classic steakhouse. And uh, the um, Mark and Terry Stark, who are amazing restaurant tours, opened one. And I said, well, that's not going to work. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, the county's not yeah. going to support two greats. That, you know, we're yeah. not that big. Yeah. And then I was going to name it Spice Monkey. Ooh. Spice Monkey. Okay. Spice Monkey. I, I happened to be watching... Uh, Top Chef, Masters or something, because Cindy Paulson was going to be a judge. Mm-hmm. Since I worked for her, I was like, I want to see her. And she called somebody a pepper monkey. And I just thought that was <laughs> funny as heck. And so, and then I was like thinking like, well, what's the concept? And I was like, Spice Monkey, international small plates. Ooh. And, you know, just kind of like street food. Yeah. And it'll be really fun. And so my wife bought the URLs, but she didn't reserve the name. And somebody opened a restaurant called Spice Monkey in Oakland. Oh, wow. man. And I was like, are just you kidding me? It. <laughs> and so we actually just gave them the URLs. We didn't even try and sell it to them. We were like, it was a, a woman. It was her dream. It's good karma. Like, yeah. We're like, yeah. you have it. And then I thought to myself, well, what is it the county lacks? Um, and one of my favorite things in the world is chicken wings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no great chicken wings in, in Sonoma County. I'm going to open a restaurant called Jackson's, and I'm going to name it after my son, and it's going to be all the things that I want to eat after cooking all the fancy food. There you go. And somewhere that has a lot of organics, um, that's sexy, that people will feel good in, that I could take my kid to, or I can go on a date in. and. So that's really how Jackson's was born. Nice. It's definitely the one of the hot restaurants to go to. I mean, it's been like that since you guys have opened. It really has. We've yeah. been super fortunate. Um, part of it is, I think, uh, Neva B, who is my designer, just did an amazing design. Mm-hmm. And it's just a sexy restaurant. It is. Know? The bar is really beautiful. It's yeah. eye-catching right when guests walk in. And you got that, like, seating that you can kind of see what's still going on, like, outside. Yeah. But yeah, have we, your own little indoor space. Yeah. So we – the idea was when you walk in, you see just a wall of booze. Yeah. <laughs> and when you go to somebody's house, what's the first – hey, can I get you a drink, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then – purposely the middle part is left sedate because then the next thing you see is this giant wood burning oven yeah the hearth so it's really that kind of thing and the bar is curved it's got a pretty good curve on it um because if you're sitting at a bar with four people you can't talk to the fourth person Mm -hmm. there's just and you're not part of it this way it has more of a communal feeling to it so everything was really thought out like in that kind of respect and then you know we cook with fire and you can't make bad food with fire well you can but (laughs) 
it's hard. Yeah. And it's really hard to cook bad food in Sonoma County if you just buy good stuff and don't mess with it too much. Right. Well, you guys do those great pizzas, and I think you have really delicious lobster rolls. Yep. And, of course, the truffle fries. Truffle fries are super popular. Such a popular. sucker for truffle fries. Yeah, and the cocktails are great. Oh, the cocktails and, are so good. And the wine list is very xenophobic. In fact, it's just Sonoma County. Oh, okay. I mean, we'll buy booze from everywhere, but, <laughs> you know, we have 280, I don't even know how many any, now, mm-hmm. 400 wineries now. Oh, so many. Um, it, it's, when I had Syrah, we had 300 wines plus on the list. Whoa. I mean, it was an aggressive list, and it was from all over. Being named Syrah, I had to represent Australia with Syrahs and, you know, the Rhone region. And here, we just want to support our friends. And there's so much great wine in the county. Mm -hmm. Why go somewhere else? Yeah. And who helps to curate that wine list for you? So Alex Kaplan is our our bar manager, and, Mm. and he does that. I used to, at Syrah, I did the original wine buying. But it's... It, it it's the fantasy it's awesome but the reality it sucks yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just a lot of work to like you have to talk to all the salespeople, and they're all very nice but they're yeah. all wanting you to buy something mm-hmm. and then you know you kind of feel guilty if you don't and <laughs> it's hard like politically and all of that mm-hmm. and so i just stay out of that part of it yeah you know i just say these are you know there, there's a few things that i want and there's you know a few things that i don't Now, being a chef and running a restaurant, what what do you find is the most rewarding part of it? And what is just the hardest part that you just don't like? Uh, People. (laughs) And it's both. I get it. It really is. Um, I have some of the most amazing employees. Uh, As I said, I'm going to celebrate 20 years uh, today. Tomorrow one of my guys have been with me for 20 years. Wow. wow. Oh, wow. The whole time. Off and on. He, mm-hmm. he, he left and came back. But essentially 20 years with wow. him. Um, my general manager has been with me for 18 of those years. Um, the chef de cuisine at, at Jackson's and w- the one of the sous chefs has been with me since we opened it. Wow. Um, I have a woman who works in the pantry whose husband used to work for me and she's been with me for nine years Mm -hmm. and he worked with me 20 years ago. I mean, so I have the most amazing people. That being said, people can really be challenging (laughs) employee wise and customer wise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you, the idea is that, you know, we used to say that, and I would tell people all the time, I can buy the food and I can buy pay the rent and I can buy this and that but it's really the people that make the restaurant Mm -hmm. and when we opened Jackson's we cycled through a lot of different people and we realized it it's the right people that make the restaurant yeah for sure and and that's really the trick is finding the right people who kind of fit into what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. so we've been incredibly lucky with that and we have you know some really great clients that customers guests that we've had for 20 years mm-hmm. who's eating with us and then there's you know you always have those stories of people there was there was when we had Syrah it was in the city 205 building which was a multi-tenant building and right outside we had a little courtyard and right next to us was a flower shop uh-huh. and they had beautiful flowers and, and one day the busser came up to us and said somebody's stealing flowers <gasps> and so myself my general manager and one of my servers go out 
and there's this four four people it was like the parents and a couple like the parents obviously of one of the couple and they were putting these like $15 a stem flowers in the, in their car and we're like what what are you doing yeah and they're like oh uh uh and we're like those those do not belong to you no and they're like oh what huh and i'm like the flowers you have to give them back <laughs> and my manager looked at him and said ken goes you guys should really just be ashamed of yourselves seriously like, who does that right yeah so Come on, guys. Just because it's right there doesn't mean it's for the taking. Yeah, I well, you know, you're in events. You, you, you see that all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. People just getting out of control. Yeah. You just get a little alcohol in them. <laughs> oh, man. The rules go out the window. I've got they, some stories. They do. We had, we had like, uh, it's it's barrel tasting this weekend, and it didn't happen this yeah. year. But uh, I think it was actually last year or the year before, there was um, this table of guys middle-aged guys actually they were like probably in their 60s so even older than me mm-hmm. and they left and they were like just drunk and they started banging on the windows and stuff I'm like oh my what is goodness. the matter with you <laughs> barrel tasting man so speaking of barrel tasting it's it's also restaurant week it is and also so restaurant you guys week. are participating and have a really great menu for 29 a person it's yeah. prefixed um Tell us a little bit about that, and then we can go into how barrel tasting affects you. <laughs> so we're doing a, a spring pea salad, and then we're doing this great skirt steak. Mm-hmm. And skirt steak's one of my favorite um, cuts. It's super flavorful. We're just doing a really light marinade on it, and then we're cooking it in brown butter with uh, like a shallot and red wine sauce. Ooh, yum. And then some smashed crispy potatoes. So we take fingerling potatoes, we boil them, and then we smash them and then fry them. That because if amazing. you fry it, they will buy it. Yeah, um, it's true. <laughs> Sold. Yeah, and and then we're doing that with a, a little bit of arugula salad and then a little uh, and some creme brulee, a classic dessert. Okay. So, and then you have the suggested wine pairings. Yep, suggested wine pairings from um, what from Matanzas Creek, Hartford Court, and La Crema and Arrowwood Nights. Yeah. What's your What would be your go-to wine pairing for that? Would you just choose all of them? Or? I would choose all of them, yeah. Okay. Why not? True. I mean, you know, have them all. <laughs> <laughs> now, the the original theme behind Restaurant Week sort of is picked at a time when it, it might be a slower time for tourism and for the restaurants and really getting people excited about going out and getting things to eat. Uh, is that something you still see or in, in this area? Is that sort of how it's beneficial for, for your space? Um. For us, we're, we have just been consistently pretty mm-hmm. busy. I mean, for us, summer isn't quite as good as fall, um, oh. you know, but we're just, we've been just chugging along pretty well, but it is nice to do. And it's really nice to see everybody get excited about going out. I, I yeah. just super appreciate that. I think uh, Ben Stone, who just retired, I believe, who was the, April, uh, yeah. yeah, of the, um, economic development board and and he was in charge when it started and i think it was just a a great thing for the county to do you know when you live in the county sometimes you're not always pleased with everything they do um if you drive down our roads you can just sometimes say (laughs) yeah yeah i can see why somebody would be upset but (laughs) you know um i think this is a winner for them i think so too no, you, you alluded to it before. This week or this year, we've 
barrel tasting aligning with restaurant week. Now, <laughs> do the two worlds collide? You mentioned it a little bit. It's yeah. Oh yeah, definitely they collide. <laughs> okay. So we were, I mean, we were just been incredibly busy and the weekend. It was just, it was, yeah, it was, we actually had to uh, cut people off the bar. We were four deep and we were like, there's just nowhere for you to go. I can't serve you right yeah. now. There's literally no place for you to it's sit. It's insane. Or, yeah. Barrel tasting, people just get crazy. And it's, again, next weekend as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like next weekend's going to be a little bit worse than this past weekend. Why do you feel that way? Um, I feel like the first weekend, a lot of people were scared from the floods. Ah. And I think that they're going to try to make round two. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've had the floods, the fires. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are open for business. So if you're looking to come to the county it is open for business let me tell you come on down stay in one of our hotels you know oh yeah and enjoy the restaurants it's a great time to come if you're barrel tasting you know you can get a great deal on food because after barrel tasting all day you might not be super hungry (laughs) (laughs) or very hungry or or incredibly (laughs) hungry or you think you're hungry but then you just can't actually eat (laughs) yeah (laughs) you go to your room and pass out and go oh wait now, aren't they building a new hotel actually across the street from Jackson's in the old parking lot? They are. Is that what that's, that's right. what that's what that on? is? It's actually it's incredibly interesting the way they're doing it. So, twenty years ago, that used to be a gas station oh. called Ooh. Acapennies. Okay. And um, for many years, it was that, and then it uh, the city leased the land and it became a parking lot, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah, it was great. And uh, the owner of the lot sold it, and it's. Um, going to become a 144 room hotel wow and they're building and it's all modular built Mm. so they build like the base ground floor and there's going to be like a courtyard and basically what they do is they put a crane in the middle of the courtyard and then trucks come and they just take the module off and they plop them on up to four stories interesting and so after the base is done it literally goes up in a month Really? Wow. They said they'll it'll take about it because they uh, the engineers invited me and some of the other people over to kind of give us a clue what was going to go on and literally a month to build a four story hotel. Wow! Are you kidding? And then they just hook up the stuff. I mean, they said they can even have like the beds and stuff already in there. What? That's insane! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So when is that expected to be done? Um, well, the. They're gonna close off our side of the street in um, to do the modular part in June, July, and the um, the hotel's expected to open beginning 2020. Wow, That's quick! They say a year. That's very fast. It is crazy fast. Well, I'm excited to see what it brings. I am super excited. You know? I was. I'll be honest. If you own a restaurant, you are always wet. Waiting for the the other shoe to drop, mm-hmm. like the nine eleven, like the housing crisis, <laughs> and um, you're always like in the back of your mind. There's always, you know. And so they said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna build a hotel." And so that's a lot of parking downtown that they're just taking away. It's mm-hmm. true. And and one oh. of the things you could be upset about with the city is not a lot of parking. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of really freaking out. And we had three of our best weeks when when it's been no parking lot there. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess people are just Ubering and lifting all over. I guess or that's something, what they do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And they are bringing. I mean, they're going to have a hundred 
parking spots because they're taking over another spot that they're going to valet. Oh. But it's just for the hotel. Interesting. So. In the little, like, under, like, um, under the overpass area? Um, no, that is current parking. Right. That already is parking. That's where you, if you're coming to Jackson's, mm-hmm. that's where you want to park. Mm-hmm. Um, or there is street parking. Um, but the, uh, where the City 205 building, where Sarah is, behind, right, directly behind that's a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then for years, there was this, like, for lack of a better term, a druggy house. That house. Yeah, that house was nasty. That house was super nasty. Mm-hmm. And it, they tore it down. Mm-hmm. And there's this little triangle uh, that's next to the freeway. And that's all going to become uh, hotel parking. Oh, I see. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Way to turn that space around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So, you know, that, that's definitely kind of cool. Uh-huh. So you 20 years in, uh, four different restaurants? Well, um, technically, one space, four restaurants. One space, four restaurants. Two, no, two spaces. Two spaces, four restaurants. Four restaurants, uh, restaurants is, yeah. is there anything you still want to achieve? Are there any... Uh, concept ideas rolling around in your head that you want to, that you still want to try? Where, where are you at it with that? You know, there's always ideas floating that I want to try. Um, but I don't know, you know, it's one of those things you think about and then I got it so good right now. <laughs> but then part of me's like, you know, I want to do more. And then part of me's, you know, one of the problems that, that I really think about is, and my friends, Mark and Terry are opening currently, working on two more re- yeah. restaurant locations. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. And the labor pool is so slim in the county that it, it kind of scares me a little. I mean, just find, finding people. In Napa, uh, one of my favorite restaurants that my wife and I actually went for our honeymoon because we were building the restaurant. We were, we, we were living in the East Bay and she never saw it, but I found us a house up here that we moved to on September 1st. We got married on September 12th (laughs) and I did all the food and I just hired somebody to fix, you know, to prepare it and serve it. But Mm -hmm. I did all the prep and bought it and everything while we were moving, while we were doing that. And we were in the middle of opening a restaurant. Wow. And the next day we ate at this restaurant called Tara in St. Helena Mm -hmm. and they closed and I was talking to, um, Hero and Alyssa, who were the owners, and they said that Hero was washing dishes two, three times a week because they couldn't get anybody to work. Interesting. And, you know, so that's just frightening. Yeah. You know. And why do you think that is? Um, I think there's a lot of reason. Uh, Well, that was in Napa, but we are experiencing a lot of that here. Housing's a major factor. Mm -hmm. Cost of living's a major factor. Um, There's lots of people moving to, like, Oregon. Yeah. Texas. Texas. And just, you know, it's expensive to live in California. Um, So I'm always all for the housing projects that they can do to make reasonable housing. Um, And and I think those are the the two big factors. I also think the um, it's a different generation. Mm -hmm. You know, when when I was a kid, you didn't get participation trophies. Yeah. You, if you lost, it was a learning lesson. You mm-hmm. lost, you mm-hmm. know. And um, my son, he he does judo because um, my wife and I met in martial arts, so I've always done that. Mm-hmm. And I I took him to a, a judo tournament um, last year, and he's a little feller. He's he's 
in the fifth percentile. <laughs> so he's 14 and, and not quite 70 pounds. Uh-huh. So he's, he's, you know, he's not very big. Um, and the way they do judo tournaments is they pull you, they get all the kids, and then they, they take their age and their rank and their weight, and they try and make little pools. So you can have, like, three people in your pool or eight people, and then you do matches to see who wins. And they came to me and they said, well, this is the pool. I don't know if you want to do it. And the one – there was two other kids in his pool – one kid was a hundred uh, hundred and twenty pounds. Whoa! And then the other kid, um, one kid had like forty pounds on him, and one kid had like double his weight. Jeez. And I was like, and and the one kid who had forty pounds on him had gone to nationals, so he was like really good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's gonna lose. <laughs> and and I went to him. I go, Jackson, you'll you'll probably lose. You don't have to do this if you don't want to. And he looked at me and he goes, Yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, that's like, good. Hell yeah, I'll do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh-huh. And then the the judge was like, no, nah, I'm not going to let him do this. Uh, the ref. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, he wants to do it. And so they called the tournament director over. And the tournament director said, it's the coach and, and, and the competitor who gets to make that decision. And his coach said, if he wants to do it. And I was like, yeah, he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And man he lost quick <laughs> i mean but he, still at least the, he tried yeah the a first effort the first kid threw him hard and fast and he was like oh <laughs> and then the second kid he tried to do this throw and he was literally just hanging on him the kid was just standing there and and afterwards i the uh the one kid's coach came up and he goes man i am so impressed with you <laughs> and he just got and to me that's more amazing than him winning i don't I don't care if he wins or loses all i care is he tries you absolutely know? and and unfortunately a lot of the generation now you'll get people who make a uh uh an interview and then they don't show up yeah a lot Jeez. and it's not just me it's like all my friends talk about this mm-hmm. and all the other restaurant tours and and i would never do that when i was you know absolutely not you know it's just a different world and and it's have they ever brought part- their parents with them to the interview? I've heard mm. about that. Um, I haven't seen that yet, but you never yeah. know. You know? Yeah. It's like consulting with your attorney. Like, hang right. on. Right. Yeah. Mom, Mom says no. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different, you know, and it's, so that's kind of frustrating to think about is, you know, to open another project like the, yeah. you know, uh, on the other hand, I've have, you know, a lot of young people work for me who are amazing just absolutely amazing so and whenever i meet their parents and when they're amazing i go and i thank the parents oh nice i make a point to say thank you for that (laughs) we didn't even talk a lot about wine i know that's right let's talk about wine we should talk a little bit about wine what are your favorite wines oh um oh (laughs) man what do you like in wine well i typically tend to go towards pinot's and I do, I'm a rosé person. I do love rosé. I'm a huge rosé person. So good. Especially in summer. There used to be this restaurant when I was uh, living in the city called Rumpus. Mm. And it was before anybody like really was into rosé as far as I know. I mean, this is going back 22, 23 years ago. Yeah. So rosé was like most people thought of White Zinfandel. Oh my gosh, Which yes. is not what I'm into. But, no. um <laughs> He had like four or five different rosés by the glass. 
and I just fell in love at, with rosé at that restaurant. And uh-huh. I just think it's like the perfect summer wine. Oh, it's perfect because you get spring. that body, you yeah. know, but you still get the like lightness of it, and it's just enjoyable and cool, and you can enjoy it with food or on the or porch. Not, or exactly, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're building I'm a house, a big fan. And, and I'm trying to put in a patonque court, which is what you. You need rosé to play patonque as far as what I'm is, concerned. What is that? I don't even know patonque? what that is. Patonque? Yeah. It's, um, it's a non-linear bocce ball game from oh. France instead of Italy. So the patonque court can be um, asymmetrical. And the um, the boules or the balls are, are slightly different sized. But, mm. but it's basically you stand around and drink and throw a little ball and then throw balls to get as close to that ball as you can. Oh, interesting. And you drink. And, well, hey, and the drink like of choice game. is generally rosé. Okay. So I'm down with that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> do you go tasting ever out in, in the valleys? I do once in a while. Um, we actually, my wife and I just did a, a fantastic tasting at Marimar. Oh, and yeah. And we ended up joining the wine club. Nice. And because she does amazing paellas. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my new house, I'm building a wine room. Mm-hmm. And I figured... Why not let them ship it to me? Exactly. (laughs) I just chose, you ship me whatever you want, and I'll drink it. Uh (laughs) I actually just went to Corbel, and I just didn't realize the history uh, of Corbel. And they're the only ones that have the California champagne, but can actually legally use the term champagne. Because it's grandfathered in. Yeah. So that that was fun. That was a fun experience. Yeah, yeah. And then I go to wineries because I work at them. Yeah. And so we cater at wineries and that's Oh, you do my, cater. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite kind of catering. I don't I'm not a huge fan of doing weddings per mm-hmm. se mm-hmm. Um, or private parties. Uh, you're always in somebody's kitchen and it's always a little weird and um, but winery catering is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do I mean I've literally done from two people to 700 people catering wow. jobs. Uh, and but I like the food and wine aspect of it because at Jackson's we're not that's not our focus is food and wine pairing. At Syrah we used to do a seven course tasting menu paired with wines mm-hmm. with amuse bouche and, you know, <clears throat> other stuff. And so I miss that. Mm-hmm. So for my caterings I get to express that side of myself, which is fun. That is fun. So do you like um, kind of curate your menu based off of the wines that are gonna be served? When you do those? Oh, only. Yeah. That's it. Uh, the wine to me is the most important part. Yeah. I, as a chef, I'd love to say, oh, no, the food's the it's, <laughs> it's, you know, um, I'm working for somebody. Uh-huh. Um, so if I'm at, let's say, Martinelli, uh, I'm working for the Martinelli's. And so I go taste all the wines and then I design the menu specifically designed around those wines. Oh, wow. Um, because I want... And, and when I had Sarah, I used to always say, uh, wine and food pairing should be one plus one equals three. Mm-hmm. It should be a gestalt. It should be more than the one and the one. It mm-hmm. should be a, a third thing that's better than the two. Mm-hmm. Because there really is that symbiotic relationship. And so when I, when I do food and wine pairing caterings, that's my favorite to do. Yeah, that's the best. When you get the perfect pairing of food and wine and you just get this amazing flavor in your mouth you're like what in the world yeah like i'm in love with this yeah Yeah. and and so that to me that's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of things chefs do that can bug me like chefs who won't put salt and pepper on the table bug me yeah (laughs) it just it it bugs me they're like oh no it's seasoned perfect i did it 
you know, and, and let's be honest, you're not tasting every single thing that's coming out of there. You got line cooks. Yeah. Some of them are young, some of them are old, some of them are experienced, some of them are not. And I always use my uh, my parents, um, well, they've passed, but they, they used to, my dad had had uh, high blood pressure, mm. so he had to cut out salt. So just a little bit of salt to him was a lot of salt. And my mom would be at, you know, Christmas with, she had to have the salt shaker next to her. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you can't know what other people's palates are. Yeah. Put salt on the table. Season it to where you think it should be and put salt, you know, because mm-hmm. people like more sometimes. It's true. And now, that being said, when people just start salting without tasting, that bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> like, taste the food first. Yeah, I agree. Give it and, a bite. And see where it's at and then go from there. Yeah, I mean, if you're at a breakfast spot, they're not putting salt on your eggs. You can salt your eggs. <laughs> right. You know, they're, they're not. You know, it's fine. Uh-huh. But, you know, taste it first (laughs) now now when you're out wine tasting or trying a new wine being a chef does your first thought go to the food that would go with it or are you thinking more about the wine itself no i'm thinking about the food Mm -hmm. like i i think about it as as part of food so i did this uh amazing tasting once it was a blind bottle tasting Mm -hmm. at linmar Mm -hmm. and it was all high-end pinots Mm -hmm. all in brown bags and there was five or six winemakers, myself and another chef. And we all rated everything that we tasted. And the chef and I, our ratings were almost identical, you know, off here and there by one or two, yeah. but, but super close. And we were inverted from the winemakers. Interesting. Wow. And a lot of it, I, I really feel has to do with, as a winemaker, you're not, you're, you're looking for the flaws a lot of times. You're looking at the wine as this, this singular object Mm -hmm. and as chefs we're looking at as food Mm. um and we're not as picky as as the winemaker as oh it's you know point you know two off of this or you know the acidity to us we're looking for balance and and structure and flavor where they're looking at it differently and you know so for i think as a chef i i treat it more as food than a winemaker would per se yeah and i want to keep that in my head absolutely you know what I mean like I like that I mean that's the way to do it because I mean if you're gonna enjoy wine you're gonna most likely enjoy some food and yep gotta have that whole experience and some wines really just beg for food they do and some wines can go either way mm-hmm. it's like some people I know that I, <laughs> they can go away or they can stay right <laughs> exactly <laughs> it is uh, Jackson's Bar and Oven, downtown Santa Rosa. Uh, as we mentioned, it's a part of Sonoma County Restaurant Week. Find that through through Sunday here in Sonoma County. More information for that at SonomaCountyRestaurantWeek.com. Find all the menus and see what everyone's doing. And go out and get a bite to eat. Yeah, come, come try it. You can, uh, you can go to our website, Jackson's Bar and Oven, and uh, you can make a reservation from there or open table. You know. Oh, good. And you have that new expansion too, so you got tons of room. Yeah. So when the, when the landlord cut off that part of the restaurant, he uh, the the tenant that was there decided that the rent was too high for him, mm. and he asked me, "Did I want to um, take it over?" And I was like, "Desperately, yes," because I needed the room, I needed the storage, mm-hmm. and um, my lease only had five years on it, and I was freaking out. Mm. And then I was really looking to do something different just in case, because you know. And then I got to sign a much longer lease and I got the whole space and uh, it's just been awesome. Nice. It's like opening a, a 49 seat restaurant with four people. 
Because <laughs> that's all I had to add. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> well, so. I like the new expansion. It's, it's a good... It's a good little Yeah, and spot. it's the original back bar that was at the mix. Yeah, so which cool. Which is this great wow. old back bar that's just amazing. And um, when I took over the space, I did not want it <laughs> because I wanted something new. And, I mean, I want it to be separate from what that space was. But I'm so happy to have it on that side. Awesome. Yeah, we actually have a picture of the... Uh, Restaurant it used to be called the Silver Dollar Saloon, mm-hmm. and I have a picture of it in that expansion, facing out where you could see the gas station. Wow! And my last name is Silvers, and it really the it said silver with a dollar S sign, <laughs> so you could say Silvers, you know. Uh huh. And so that's meant kind to of be. fun. Yeah, it's kind of meant to be. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Well, thanks for having me. This was yeah. fantastic. It was a yeah. great time. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>